Today's podcast is sponsored by the Christ for Disciples podcast. I'm Pastor Paul Steinberg, son of a Ken and father of five sons. Each weekday on the Christ for Disciples podcast, I apply God's word to raising the next. You are listening to the Gird Up Podcast. This is the place where young men come to learn what it means to be a man after God's own heart. To gird up is an ancient way of preparing oneself for hard work or a battle ahead. And our work is to reclaim masculinity in the modern world and live out our calling as men of God. Here you will find a community of believers working hard to be the men that God created them to be. So roll up your sleeves, gentlemen, and gird up. It's time to get to work. All right, fellas, you are listening to the Gerda Podcast or watching on YouTube. We're super glad to have you. Of course, my name is Charlie Ungamak. I'm the founder and curator of Gerda, and I am here to help young men learn what it means to be men after God's own heart and to actively pursue that. You might notice I'm a little sweaty. Just finished mowing the lawn. It's finally summertime, and I haven't gotten a chance to enjoy it at all. It's either been too cold uh, to really do anything, or I've either had to work, or it's just been wicked hot. So I haven't really had an opportunity to enjoy summer yet. But I hope that you have. I hope that you've been enjoying the beautiful weather as it comes. I hope that you get a chance to relax a little bit, beginning of the school year, recalibrate, um, think about life. In fact, um, I am the kind of guy who I like to, when times change, I think this is good for everybody, as, you know, as seasons of life change, which for most of you guys who are in college or high school aged, um, or even, you know, if you're not, anyway, this is a great time of year to have those reflective conversations with yourself and look at yourself and say, am I where I want to be? Am I doing what I want to be doing? Is this what I wanted for myself? How do I feel about life? To look at all your relationships and all that kind of stuff. And that's exactly what I'm going to talk about today. Now, this is not the first time I've talked about what I'm going to talk about. Um, You've heard this before, but I'm going to keep saying it because I believe in it. It's super important, and I think I can do a better job of expressing what I was trying to say in the first place. So let's do it. Before we get started, big shout out to Brigabeard General Beard Oils and Supplements and Nate Hensler for making it for me. Man, this stuff is fantastic. And I know there's a couple of you guys that are saying stuff like, oh, Charlie just tells, he's just selling it because they give it to him for free. Yeah, I do get it for free. Nate does send it to me for free because I advertise for him. But do I look like the kind of guy that would actually put stuff in my beard that wasn't great? I mean, this stuff is awesome. I use it every single day. I don't buy other beard oils. I don't buy other beard butters or anything because this is enough. And I'm somebody that really deeply cares about my beard and takes good care of it. And if it's good enough for me, I guarantee it's good enough for you. Nate makes a great product. Go find his product at sites.google.com forward slash general or on Facebook. You can find those links below. Now, gentlemen, I want to tell you a story. When I was a kid, I had the ultimate American boy upbringing, at least what I think was the ultimate American boy upbringing, especially for a young Christian kid. Uh, Growing up in lacrosse, I had two parents who loved each other and were in love with 
Jesus, there were not fights in our house. There were not arguments in our house. Of course, my sisters bickered all the time, but that's the way sisters act. That's the way siblings act. And when you have different personalities, it happens. But overwhelmingly, it was a peaceful home, a happy home. It was a great place to grow up and a great house to live in. Um, We used to get on our bikes and go for bike rides. My mom would say things like, don't ride your bike out of town. And she wasn't being silly. She legitimately would allow us to ride our bikes all over town as long as we didn't ride our bikes outside of city limits. That's how safe the community was that we were living in. That's how great of an upbringing that I had. There were kids all over in the neighborhood. There was always something to do, somebody to play with. It was an awesome childhood. I can remember playing uh, War or Cowboys and Indians or whatever it is almost every day all summer long. When we got older, we'd play basketball. We'd go out in the yard and play football. We'd go hang out in each other's basements and watch movies and play cars. And There were always kids at our house. We were always at everybody else's house. It was an awesome place to grow up. We also were a block away from this huge park with a great playground set. We were really close to an awesome library. There were community pools all over the place that we would go to pretty much every day in the summer when it was hot, if it was good weather. Man, we lived right next to the church, which I know some kids don't like or some families don't like, and it definitely had its pitfalls sometimes. And honestly, I'm not super excited that someday I might have to live in a parsonage again. But it was a great place to grow up as a kid because we were always right next to the church, and this particular church was full of men that, again, were in love with Jesus, in love with the people around them, and deeply cared about the kids in their lives, particularly me and my siblings and my buddies, and they poured into us. They taught us how to uh, fish, how to go hiking. They took us up in the bluffs, and we'd have days where we'd work in big um, flower and vegetable gardens up in the bluffs, or while our parents were working, we'd go play in the woods. Um, They taught us how to fish in the river. They taught us all kinds of safety stuff. Um, They would even teach us how to take care of the lawns. We mowed lawns as kids. We did there's just there's nothing that I can think of that I know how to do that I didn't learn from an older man, mostly when I was a kid. It was an awesome place to be, and these were all different kinds of men, too, from different walks of life. Cops and firefighters, lawyers and barbers, businessmen, military men, everything in between. They taught me how to do everything from swimming um, and hiking to gardening, how to use tools, how to maintain cars, how to build things. All of it I learned from the men around me when I was a kid. And no matter where I went as a kid, no matter what I did, there were always men around me who, like I said, were in love with Jesus and deeply cared about us as boys and wanted to help us be men after God's own heart. And yet, even after all of this and after such a wonderful childhood and even growing up in Christian schools surrounded by men, again in love with Jesus, my freshman year of college, I found myself sitting in a dorm room googling the question, what does it mean to be a man? Now, I know there's a lot more guys like me. There's a lot of guys who can relate to that idea that, man, I'm absolutely in love with Jesus. I desperately want to follow Jesus. I've been growing in my faith, but I just keep I'm so frustrated because I keep getting distracted. I keep falling off the path. I don't do what I want to do, the good I want to do. I don't do the evil I don't want to do. I keep on doing. Every time I think I'm getting better, every time I think I'm growing, something else pops up and I don't seem to make any headway. I just can't be the man I want to be. I keep getting distracted by the things of this world and I keep failing to live up to the standards I set for myself. I've got an idea of who I want to be, but I just can't seem to get there. And I can't seem to make any progress. The problem that most guys face, 
As opposed to what the world thinks and says often, the problem that most guys face isn't desire or even discipline or work ethic. The problem that most guys really face is vision. Vision is where your purpose and your identity unite together and you know you have something going on for the future. If you're really going to be the man that you want to be, the man that God created you to be, you've got to have a clear vision both of where you've been, who you are, and where you're going, who you're going to be. Right? And that's what I want to talk about today. I am a big fan of credos. Hanging on my wall in the studio, it doesn't usually get seen on camera because it's on a different wall than I record against, but in my, on my wall in my studio, I always have this one hanging up here. This is Jack London's credo. Now, Jack London is one of my favorite novelists, uh, but he also wrote a whole lot of short stories and essays, and this is my favorite thing, I think, of all that he wrote. He says, I would rather be ashes than dust. I would rather that my spark should burn out in a brilliant blaze than should be stifled by dry rot. I would rather be a superb meteor, every atom in me and magnificent glow, than a sleepy and permanent planet. The function of man is to live, not to exist. I shall not waste my days in trying to prolong them. I shall use my time. Again, that's Jack London's Credo. If you haven't read any Jack London books, go do it. They are amazing. I would start with uh, Call of the Wild. Now, I don't always live up to those standards. I don't certainly uh, haven't lived the vigorous life that I would like to live. Um, and some of that's because of the choices I have made as far as vocation. Obviously, I can't go back to school and live the most vigorous life. I can't be a teacher and live the most vigorous life because I spend most of my time doing stationary, docile things. But it is a good reminder to me of the man I want to be, maintain a little bit of that wildness, right? A little bit of that nature, that boyhood that is in me, and I don't want to lose that. Um, and so taking that idea and some of those credos that I love and tying it together with purpose statements and even some like you'll see uh, if you read a lot of self-help books, you'll see a lot of people will encourage you to do dream boards or idea boards or things like that to help you plan out your future and set good goals. So combining those two ideas, this is what I've come up with here. Okay, This is what I've come up with. My name is Charles Edward Ungemach, and I seek to be a man after God's own heart. I really wrestle with that. And sometimes when I read this, I actually do say I am a man after God's own heart. But I don't want to say I am because I haven't arrived, and it's not something I'm ever actually going to achieve. I don't want to put myself up there on a pedestal with David. And yet, my Savior says he loves me as I am. Um, so I guess I am a God, man after God's own heart because I'm pursuing him. But I also recognize that I don't pursue him like I should. So this is the way I decided to word it. This is the one that hangs on my wall. Um, I am a man after God's own heart. I am a wretched sinner, lost and condemned. I have been redeemed by the blood and death of my Savior, Jesus Christ. By his death and resurrection, I have been given new life by the and the opportunity to serve him faithfully as a citizen of the heavenly kingdom, of which, even now, I am a part. On the last day when my Savior returns, he will take me to be with him forever, which is where I was always meant to be. I am the son of a minister, the son of a soldier, the son of a warrior, the son of an immigrant. I am a friend to the friendless, helper of the helpless, guide for the lost, and a leader of men. I am a faithful, thoughtful student and lifelong learner. I am a devoted husband, a loving father, a loyal friend, and a beloved brother and son. Okay? Three steps in writing your own manifesto. First thing I want you to do is take a look at your family history. Think about where you've come from, your family history. That's both sides of the family. That's whether it's your birth family, the family you grew up in, or whatever it might be. Take a look at the people around you and your family. In what ways do you think you want to be a transitional figure in your family? In other words, in what ways do you want to change? 
And what things do you notice about your family that you want to be different in the future for your own family? But you take those things, figure out what they are, and write them down. Okay. Then, once you figured those out, I want you to write down the things you want to carry on. The legacy you want to continue that your family has set for you. And I don't care how messed up your family is. I guarantee there are things that you don't that you want to emulate in your own life. Maybe it's just toughness, stick-to-itiveness. Uh, maybe they're loyal as all get-out, right? But I guarantee there's some quality and characteristic, no matter how messed up your family is, that you want to emulate. And the same goes on the other side. It doesn't matter how awesome your family is. I guarantee there are times where you're like, this is never going to be the way I live my life. This is the one thing about my dad that drives me nuts. Oh, I hope I never be, my wife never behaves the way my mom is in this circumstance, right? I guarantee no matter how great your life is, there's something you want to do differently. I want you to write all those things down because that's going to play an important role in who you become and who you've been. Once you've done those things, it becomes a lot easier to write your own story because you have an idea of where you want to go. And so when I wrote my credo, I said, I am the son of a minister, the son of a soldier, the son of a warrior, and the son of an immigrant. Now, my dad is certainly much more than just a pastor, and I didn't even include my own vocation in this, uh, in this credo. Um, but... If there was one thing that overarchingly is the theme of my dad's life, it's service and ministering to the people around him. And I want to emulate that. I want to be like that. In those ways, I want to be just like my dad. And so that's what I included here. My grandfather was a soldier. And he was, frankly, a little bit of an unwilling soldier. He certainly did want to serve his country. But he was drafted, and he even told us as young men he didn't want us to go into the military. He wanted a better life for us than that. He was also a police officer for a very long time, fighting for peace and freedom in our community. But he didn't necessarily do that willingly either. He certainly served faithfully, and he could have quit at any time. But he decided, against even what he necessarily wanted to do, that he was going to serve with his life. And so I include him as a soldier. My great-grandfather wasn't always that great of a man. He he certainly had his vices. He certainly had his shortcomings. And he did not raise his family in any way, shape, or form the way I want my family to be raised. He was rescued by a very strong-willed and strong-minded woman. But I don't want to be like my great-grandfather in most ways. But I do admire my great-grandfather because he was a true warrior. When his unit went over to France during World War I, almost two-thirds of his uh, unit became a casualty. They're killed or wounded in action. And when he came home, he had a lot of scars from that. But the man was a true warrior, and even in his darkest hours, he didn't give up on life. He kept fighting and actually made a much better life for himself as an older gentleman than he had as a young man. And that's something that I admire. He never stopped fighting. He was a warrior. His father was an immigrant who employed many men. I'm not exactly sure what the situation was in Germany before my family came over here to the Americas, but I know how difficult it can be for immigrants when they come here to start a life of their own and to be successful. And my grandfather did just that, and not only did he make a fortune for himself and raise his family well, but he also provided employment for a bunch of other German-American immigrants 
who didn't know how to do anything except make cigars. And so they started a cigar factory. They were an important part of a church. They were an important part of a community. He established himself immediately and started doing good for his family and for the people around him. And so I take pride in being the son of an immigrant. Right? There's a lot of things there that I don't want to emulate. There's a lot of things there that I do want to emulate. So I've chosen the things about each man that I admire and respect and that I want to bring out in my own life. And I've listed them right here. Okay. The second thing I want you to do as you're deciding what man you want to be is I want you to identify exactly what man you do want to be. Not, not objective things that you want to achieve, but the man you want to be. Who do you actually want to be? Now, the temptation here is going to be to pick like a position or a title, right? I want to be the president of the United States. But that's a tricky thing to deal with. If, if you say you want to be president of the company, you want to be president of the United States, you know, you want to be own your own business, um, you want to have 10 kids. If you cite those very specific things in your credo or your manifesto, it's going to be a failure if you don't meet those exact criteria. But those things aren't always under your control, right? You can say, I want to be the president of the United States, and you might live a very successful life, even end up being a senator or a congressman. Maybe you'll own your own business. Maybe you'll run a political party in your area, be very successful as a politician, and yet you will have ultimately been a failure because you did not achieve your ultimate goal of being president. Instead, I'd say, I want to be a civic leader. I want to be a leader in my community. I want to be a leader in my family. I want to be an elected official who serves the good of the community and the people around me. Right? That's, an, a goal, that's a goal that I can achieve, and that is under my control because it doesn't depend on anyone else to do it for me or to help me in it. And so when I write about who I want to be and the man that I want to be, I say that I am a friend of the friendless, a helper of the helpless, a guide for the lost, and a leader of men. Why? Because I want to be a leader in my community. I want to be a minister of the gospel my entire life. I don't want to ever do anything except serve my Savior and do ministry. And so that's exactly what I put down. What do I want my ministry to look like? Well, it's going to be this. And whether or not I'm someday a pastor, I can still do these things. Whether or not I go back into the teaching ministry, I can still do these things. If I get falsely accused of murder and spend the rest of my life in prison, I can still be a friend to the friendless, a helper of the helpless, a guide for the lost, and a leader of men. If I'm in a car accident tomorrow and can never walk or talk again, I can still be a friend to the friendless, I can still be a helper of the helpless, I can still be a guide for the lost, and I can still be a leader of men. And so I've set goals that are specific, but they also are achievable no matter what circumstances the future may hold. The next thing I said is that I am a faithful, thoughtful student and lifelong learner. Again, I didn't write that I'm going to be a pastor someday. I didn't write that I'm training to be a pastor. I'm a seminary student. I didn't write any of those things because one day those things might not be true. And if I flunk out of Greek class, which I'm not going to do, but if I flunked out of Greek class, that dream is over. That mission is done. But this here, being a faithful, thoughtful student and lifelong learner, sets a goal that I can achieve. Right? It doesn't matter what I'm studying. It doesn't matter what level of accomplishment I've reached. I continue to be a student. I continue to be a learner no matter where I'm going, no matter what I'm doing. Someday I could have five doc I'm not going to do this either. Someday I could have five doctorates, be the smartest man in the world, and yet I'd still would not have reached my goal because I am a faithful, thoughtful student and lifelong learner. I'm not going to stop learning until I'm dead. Finally, I took a look at what I want to be in the future. 
at my funeral, what do I want people to say about me? What do I want my children to say about me? What do I want the people around me to say? I don't want them to say that, you know, I spent my money well or I was a good-looking dude. What's really important to me as a man is that I be a devoted husband. Someday I'm going to marry a woman and I want to be a devoted husband to her. I want to be I don't want to be a better husband than anybody else. I want to be the best husband my wife ever has. And I want to be the kind of husband my wife would never want to leave. The kind of husband who makes my wife a better woman. The kind of husband who presents my wife before the throne of God as a beloved creature who has been well cared for and well preserved as she's gone through life so that I might present her to my Heavenly Father one day when we arrive in heaven. I'm accountable for her welfare, and I want to take that seriously. I want to be a devoted husband. And I put that here, even though I'm not married, I put that here because it's something that I'm actively working toward even now. I'm actively working toward having purity of heart so that we can be intimate with each other in a very successful way. Even now, when I go on dates with girls, I behave as though I'm going to spend the rest of my life with this girl, not in an appropriate way. Um, But I, I give her respect, and I treat her well, so that's... I'm ready for the girl I do marry um, so that I am used to treating women well, so that I learn what makes uh, women tick. Because I'm, I'm not a girl. I'm not a woman. I don't understand what it's like to be a woman. Um, and so if I'm going to be- better interact with women, I need to actually practice interacting with women. I'm going to do that right now. The second thing is a loving father. Someday I'm going to have kids of my own. I want to be known as a loving father, not a strict father, not a disciplinarian father, a loving father. Now, of course, I will be strict with my kids. I will be a disciplinarian, but I want to do it with love. I want to lead with love. And so everything I do with kids now is preparing me to be a loving father someday. I also want to be a loyal friend and a beloved brother and son. That means I have to maintain those relationships with the people around me, both my family, my parents, my siblings, my friends. i got to work on all those relationships and maintain them and be intentional about them in order to achieve that goal someday. So, when you ask me, what do I want to be? What kind of man do I want to be? What am I talking about when I see be, be the man after God's own heart? What I mean is that I want to be a friend of the friendless, a helper of the helpless, a guide for the lost, and a leader of men. That I am a faithful, thoughtful student and lifelong learner, and that I am a devoted husband, a loving father, a loyal friend, and a beloved brother and son. Finally, the last thing I want you to do when you're putting together your vision for the future is I want you to take a deep look at your relationship with your Heavenly Father. I want you to put that into your own words. And this is not something that should happen overnight. This is not something you should write in a day. This, I've gone through probably four or five versions of this manifesto or credo or whatever you want to say before I arrived at one that I really like, one that I really buy into and enjoy. It might change, right? It might shift a little bit, but it shouldn't change much um, because it's, it's, it's consistent. So if I were you, what I would do is take a piece of paper and just start sketching out ideas. And over the next couple of weeks or maybe even months, keep adjusting it, changing it, shaping it and folding it and praying about it and talking to God about your relationship with him and really understanding the relationship that you have with your heavenly father. And this is going to be a little bit different for every single one of us because each one of us has different spiritual needs, spiritual abilities, spiritual blessings, Um, and spiritual desires, and each one of our relationships with the Heavenly Father is going to be a little bit different. So the way we express that is going to be a little bit different. And what I want from you is a unique picture of your relationship with your Heavenly Father. Mine says this, A wretched sinner lost and condemned, I have been redeemed by the blood and death of my Savior Jesus Christ. 
By his death and resurrection, I have been given new life and the opportunity to serve him faithfully as a citizen of the heavenly kingdom of which even now I am a part. On the last day when my Savior returns, he will take me to be with him forever, which is where I was always meant to be. My goal in this is that when someone walks into my kitchen and reads this, or if someone would find this after I die, or if someone would ask me to send them a, you know, a letter that says who I am and what I'm about, this is what I'm going to send them. This is what I'm going to say. This is all they need to know about me. I hope that when my friends read this, they say, yep, that's Charlie. I hope that when my family reads this someday, they get, yep, that's the guy that I know. That's the man that I know. That's the man he is. I'm working hard to be this man because this is desperately who I want to be. And this, each one of these things is something that glorifies my Heavenly Father and something that He wants for me. This is, these are things that He has promised to bless. And so, I faithfully pursue them every single day. I have this poster, this very one, hung in my kitchen. And every day when I wake up, when I make my coffee, I hit start on the coffee maker and I walk across the kitchen, I stand in front of this and I read this to myself. Sometimes I read it once, sometimes I read it two or three times, but every day I start my day by reading this credo because it reminds me who I am, who I want to be, what I'm becoming, and what my relationship with my Heavenly Father is. It keeps me humble, keeps me grounded, and keeps me focused on what I need to do during the day so that I might take one step toward the man I want to be someday. If you want to be a man after God's own heart, if you want to be a man, if you want to be a real man, you need to have a vision for where you're going and what you're doing. And you can't do that if you don't know exactly who you are and exactly where you're going. So I encourage you, take these steps. Do these things. You know what? Maybe I'll even make it. I, I can't. Well, maybe I'll even make a PDF. I'll make this PDF available on the website. I'm going to make a PDF that guides you through who you're going to become someday, your own credo, your own identity, your own manifesto, whatever you want to call it. I want you to write one. I want you to hang it up on your wall, and I want you to remind yourself every single day of the man you want to be, the man you are becoming, and a man after God's own heart. I love you all, gentlemen. God bless you. We'll see you next time. Go be the man that God created you to be. On behalf of all those involved in producing, recording, and publishing this episode, thank you for listening to the Gird Up Podcast. We hope it helps you along your journey to be a man after God's own heart. Be sure to check out the Gird Up channel on YouTube. There you will find many podcast episodes just like this one, but you will also find exclusive video content geared at helping you be the man that God created you to be by introducing you to other godly men, teaching you how to behave, study, dress, act, eat, and live like a man of God, and you'll find devotions to help you grow in faith. Please consider supporting Gird Up Ministries by donating on Patreon, shopping in the online store at girdupministries.com, or by making a $5 cup of coffee donation at girdupministries.com. Those donations help us make more great content just like this for young men just like you. Make sure that you like, follow, friend, and subscribe to Gird Up and our guests on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Those links are in the description. And as always, we'll be praying for you on your journey. Blessings, men. Time to gird up and go be the man that God created you to be.